and welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and I'm sounding a little bit different because our week in Nashville took it out of me. I came home sick as a dog, but I'm feeling a little bit better now, and we had a good old-fashioned fun time in Nashville, Tennessee last week, and it's going to be a fun show. So much Stormy Daniels. And I'm Tracy Dietz, and I'm glad to be back in D.C. Nashville was unbelievably amazing. I hope that I'm not the reason that you are now sick because I was sick in Nashville. Yeah. It couldn't possibly be the house party and the— flip cup that we played <laughs> for about three hours Yeah, in the house that we were not supposed to have a party <laughs> Absolutely in. no awesome. partying. We actually said it on the last podcast. You said, girls can drink some wine, but what we can't have is 40 people and loud music. And what did we have? 40 people and loud music. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, we also spent a bunch of time last week exploring Jesus injections <laughs> with... My all-time favorite, Jim Baker, who spent some time with PTL in North Carolina. (laughs) And unfortunately, it was actually hashtag fake news. So (laughs) sorry about that. We talked about that for a bit, but I felt like it was valuable information because he defrauded some people and then had some sex with a 21-year-old. So that was was not fake news. The only thing that was fake (laughs) was that he said that Trump was just trying to... Inject Save the, our girl Stormy. Inject the Jesus into Stormy. So. I mean, the funny thing about Stormy Daniels is no one's got to save that bitch. I mean, we'll talk about her more lately. <laughs> Don't but call her a bitch. No, I mean the best cop. Like you're my bitch. She's my bitch. Like yeah. yeah I mean, and it's I mean, okay we if we say her. that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But she was on the news yesterday because yesterday was the first trial post the raid of Cohen's office. So she showed up to the trial, and so she had a press conference after that. And then she went on The View today. We'll talk more about that later because she is epic, but just making herself super relevant, which, you know, for all of, all of us ladies out there that are trying to make ourselves relevant, we she, need to take a <laughs> play from you her You don't back. necessarily have to go become a porn star to be relevant, though. No, but, but figuring from a PR out where you fit in a story. She's, she yeah, knows. She's on yeah. it. Yeah. So we have lots of stuff to talk about today, but I wanted to start by following up from some of the mentions from last week's episode. I mentioned that we should figure out what the turnout was like in the Wisconsin Supreme Court election, which I had some follow through this time. You're welcome. That, so for it that. Topped, <laughs> this election topped 22% for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which was the second highest since 2000. But basically, the turnout in the three most recent Supreme Court elections was 20% in 13, 18% in 15, 16% in 17, and then 22 this time. So that feels like, you know, we talk a lot about people re-engaging with our democratic process and being excited about opportunities in a space where everyone's fucking frustrated all the time. And so I think it's sort of proof. You so think, that was, you that think that's proof. why the, the turnout was there? Yeah. And I actually, yeah. And I spent some time recently with somebody, a friend who runs a super PAC and they're investing 100% of the resources with on-the-ground operations in some of the states that will have a bigger role in upcoming elections. So knocking on doors and talking to people about what they need and what's happening and are they happy with their leaders and stuff like that. And and they were doing it in Wisconsin, and they were finding people were having a lot of frustrations. And not exactly frustrations with how our politics plays out legislatively, but the fact that politics has stooped to a level that the conversation is about porn and not policy. Right. Wisconsin's <laughs> Another title for be, the episode, Porn Not porn Policy. Not policy. <laughs> Wisconsin's going to be interesting this year, especially with uh, with Paul Ryan out of the game. Yeah, right. that's crazy. It's that's nuts. crazy. You know, he's the most hated 
still the most hated known political entity, way worse than Trump. His it's approval so is way funny because yeah. he's just the nicest guy <laughs> ever. Like, I don't understand. I think like, the, the problem is he tried to, like, play the middle, and there's no play in the middle these days. You, you either got to be Trump side. or you got to be. Yeah, you got to stand for something. The worst thing you can do is not stand for anything, right. you know? So well. I think it'll be interesting. The other follow-up thing we have for you guys, which will turn a little bit more into a full-scale conversation, is back to beautiful Missouri and the governor there, Governor Greitens. So last time on the podcast, we talked about how our heroine in the story (laughs) is saying that was sort of withdrawing some of what we'd heard before. It's happened now. The depositions we spoke about, the transcript is out for the depositions that we spoke about, and it's way worse. The issue of extortion is probably going to be off the table because she testified to assault. But she also testified to consent. Yes, So how can it be consent and assault? Yeah. So she testified to consent of sex, but she did not consent of Greitens pulling her pants down to her ankles after the extortion moment. So basically what happened is they were in the basement of his home when the whole freaky sex tied up. And she let him tie her up. She consented to tie, letting her tie. Yes. Letting him tie her up. So as we're learning more details about it, When that happened and he made the threat about the pictures, she had sort of a panic attack and started sobbing, started crying, and he untied her, pulled her pants down somewhere in that process and gave her what she described as a bear hug, which sort of took her to the ground. And as he was consoling her and she was sobbing, he pulled his penis out and put it in her face. Okay, so... so that that becomes no longer consensual. Like, if you're right. sobbing, don't shove your dick in a woman's mouth. Right. So, like, we've joked early on in the podcast, like, if her clothes are on and your clothes are off, you're doing something wrong. Also, if the person who you're engaging in intimate behavior with is sobbing, now is not the time for a blowjob. Unless... Unless you have had a conversation private, privy to that, basically saying, like, I like to cry during sex and I like to suck dick (laughs) when I'm sobbing during sex. So if you could make that happen, you're not going to use your line. I know. Suck it through the sobs. (laughs) I mean, it's so inappropriate when you're talking about assault. I feel like this poor woman. Of course, I don't know the timeline so well. So last we talked about the whole dream. It came to me in a dream. And I don't know when she was under oath being deposed for the testimony that came out today. But, you know, she's describing, she's like, I was laying there and I was laying next to him just crying, like uncontrollably crying. And he was like, shh, it's okay, it's okay. And he was still really into it. And then he starts undoing his pants and he takes his penis out and he puts it where my face is. And you're like, this guy's such a scumbag. And now they're not talking about criminal charges. Now they're talking about impeachment. So did she at any point say, no, I don't want to do this? No, she says that. She's like, at this point, I mean, I I feel like if you're sobbing, you shouldn't have to. But yeah, he's not going to let me leave. He's not going to let me leave because obviously he's still horny. So I gave him oral sex. Like she felt trapped. She's sobbing. He's bear hugging her. He put his penis in her face. Sometimes getting a penis in your face is wanted. And other times, if you're sobbing probably unwanted. And the feeling, and she said, I had to get to work. You know, she's trapped in this fucker's basement. So, like, he's a really, right. really bad so guy. Just, I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but I have uh, to. Oh, no. All so right. So what was she doing? Sweaty. when? sweaty. I know. What, what, why did she go there Not in a horny with? way. In an uncomfortable way. <laughs> I'm not going to make you sweat. What did you say? Why did she go there to start with? Like, oh, because she wanted to have sex with him. Okay. 
But I think she got more than she bargained for is what it is. Which brings us back to a larger point, which is it's a little Aziz Ansari, and I don't exactly want to bring that back up again. But can you start to engage in a sexual experience with a man and decide to pull pull out, (laughs) pun intended, I suppose, no matter what stage of sexual arousal the partner's in? Yes, I think absolutely you can. But but it feels like women have a hard time doing that, anecdotally. So that's why. So I think... Because of that stupid blue balls thing. Like, if you're going to start with him, you got to finish him. Oh, There's yeah. no in-between. No. They're, yeah. Eh, fuck that. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. And I, I I've think left that this is obviously num- an extreme. many men with blue balls. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sorry. This is obviously an extreme, right. clearly. And Governor Grayton's, his trial starts May 14th, you know, or like inside of a month of when that motherfucker's going to burn. I'm going to go back to the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Did she think they were going to date, or did she literally think hmm. they were going there for sex? Had they had does conversations? It, it does a little Why? bit. Because, because I think there is a difference in expectations when you are dating someone as opposed to showing up at somebody's house for sex. So in the latter, showing up at somebody's house for sex, there's less boundaries. I think so. I think so. And I'm not saying, like, when you want to say no and you're done, you still can't say no. I mean, I think you can. But I think it goes back to my original. No one I night know. stands. No one night stands. <laughs> like it just. I don't think this is the first time they had a sexual experience together. The really? Extortion time. So they had had sex before then. Oh, I might be lying. I thought the way I remembered it was like that they were flirting. Maybe it was just like making out in the car and stuff. I feel like it wasn't just out of the blue that she had the tie-up moment happen. Because she also claimed, I should have clarified from the beginning, this was on the record, but it was not in a court. It was to a committee, a government committee like ethics. But I'm not sure it was ethics. But it was mostly held by the oversight committee of the Missouri State Legislature released its report. So this is all part of the report released by the oversight committee. And the committee was mostly made up of Republican men, unsurprising. But she also claimed that he'd hit her on three different occasions to the committee. Um, hit her like, wait, so to clarify that like no he spanked idea. her on the ass while having sex? It does, it's, it's, un- it's unclear. So, okay. Punch her in the face. And there's questions about, like, whether she consented to oral sex at that point. And she said, it's a hard question because I did. It felt like consent, but no, I didn't want to do it. So whose job is it to know that? She's She has every outward sign of not wanting to be having an intimate moment with him. The shaking, the crying, all that sort of stuff. But if she doesn't say hard stop no... Is that shit on her? Right. Or to me, it feels like it shouldn't be. I mean, you even said it. Like if you're sobbing, that's no. I'm somewhere in between. This is particularly disturbing because she's sobbing, which is, I think, is very different than the Aziz Ansari incident. But I don't. So I don't have a lot of experience with situations like this. Well, thank God for that. Well, but I just have never put myself in a situation where I was going to be intimate with somebody you that I didn't I know You know what? I wouldn't well. even know, and I have. But do what I expect any of those flash-in-the-pan sexual moments to end in this? No. Hell, but did no. you? But if you wanted to say no, did you feel like you could say no? Well, no, and we've talked about that, especially on that Aziz Ansari episode, that there is this expectation that as a young woman— you are in charge of this situation, not the man. Right. That there are elements of biology that renders them useless when they're horny to make good decisions. And so that comes all back to the woman. But in the case of this poor woman in Missouri, she went to his house. She thought it was charming. Maybe he was the one that suggested something slightly more Wait, kinky. she thought it was charming? 
He, they thought he was charming. So she, she went back to his house to have a sexual experience with him. So you don't think it they had conversations kinky, she said yes. about... She said I, yes see, until I, it went also too so far. So you don't think they had conversations about how I want to tie you up and spank you and do all those things before they got there? Like, no, I feel like that's a... No. Com- mm, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, now we're speculating. I feel like that kind of community, like, has that conversation. That because kind of all- community. What does that mean, friendy? <laughs> you think he's in, like, some sort of kinky sex community? Oh, I think most men that participate in BDS have a a community of supporters oh wow there's like a whole like dark web to your sexual prowess (laughs) interest I don't know what I'm saying that's a lot of new information for me (laughs) we can have that conversation (laughs) off the podcast but I feel like he would have had that conversation with her before like are you into this because I don't feel like that's something let's play out that scenario so he has that conversation, and she agrees, but then she's also taken aback that it happened? Probably not. I think once things get too far, she says no, hard stop, no, and then it's over. Yeah. I mean, that's also well, she was pretty cry- much the rules. She was crying too hard. The so, words couldn't come out. Correct. But, some, but, but, if, but here's the problem is if you have not stated what you are willing, what you are comfortable with and you are not comfortable with beforehand, crying may be part of the Do playing. Do he said to her, by the way? No, I this think you should have. This could get really real. I think you should have. And it's and possible you have, you'll start crying. You need a safe word. And can we just talk about when you are crying, would it be okay if I put my penis on your nose? Should he have had that conversation <laughs> with her beforehand? Do you think he did? You got to suck it through the <laughs> I feel no, terrible. I just, it's nothing to really to joke about. Sexual assault shouldn't but be something to no, joke about. No, it but, absolutely should yeah. not. But there are worlds in which sobbing is something that people yeah. are. It's part of. I don't think that's this, though. I, and I actually, not. now the oversight committee is responsible for deciding whether or not to impeach based on actions. So let's hope he's going to get straight up impeached. That would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Also, I, I with mean, friends like with friends like Todd Richardson, all these just asshats in Missouri. You know, it's it's time for that all to end, just for good people to be back in leadership, right? Yeah. Let's have good people back in leadership. All right. Preferably well, not I would like to assaulters. say to the listeners that we'll take a break on talking about Governor Greitens until his trial starts on May 14th, but Oh, but no then promises. we're going to keep going. Yeah. All right. So we just wanted to take a moment and remember the late, great Barbara Bush, who passed away yesterday at 92 years old. And when Tracy and I were doing our little pre-podcast meeting— we were talking about, like, why spend a little time talking about Barbara Bush and even being a Democrat and taking lots of issue with her husband and her son and her other son. Although right now you kind of miss him. <laughs> I think you that there miss is something H-W to be said right about what a badass she was. She had such high regard for authenticity. And it was what she lived by. And we're so lacking in that. You know, Mike. They were married yeah. 73 years, by the way. Which is amazing. Me and my husband celebrate 10 this year, and that feels <laughs> epic. So she decided not to dye her hair as it was going gray in her life. And actually, right when she was going gray, she had lost a child to cancer, which is really sad. But she sort of just decided that it's, it's not worth the time. She was just going to let herself age the way aging happened, which, by the way, nobody in the world lets themselves age the way aging happens anymore. And her husband decided to embrace it, and he's the one that termed the phrase silver fox, all because of Barbara Bush, which yeah. is so charming. Right. And she also always used to wear these pearls, this three-stranded thing of pearls, which everyone thought was on purpose, and it was conservative, and now women everywhere wear the fucking pearls. It's like a whole thing. And they even sell a version of her pearls in like the library, you know, the Bush library, presidential library. And she was like, 
I just wanted to hide the wrinkles in my neck. <laughs> which is, she just you know, gave zero fucks. Zero fucks. Like and even, even when Jeb ran, yeah, the you were talking about that. Election. It's like, we don't need another book. She did a fucking 60 Minutes where they were like, are you supporting Jeb? It was a 60 Minutes or the, or the Today Show or something. And they said, are you supporting Jeb for president? And she was like, no, we do not need another Bush in the White House. And I was like... <laughs> Fuck yeah, Barbara Bush. She was awesome. Just to be clear, we probably kind of did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, what's the opposite of Donald Trump? Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. <laughs> <laughs> but may she rest in Shout peace. out to Barbara Bush, yes. man. And may future first ladies find her strength to speak out and stand for something and be themselves. Psst, that's for you, Melania. No. <laughs> Poor Melania. I mean, she can't. Oh. Uh, uh. Go ahead. It's hard. Tell, yeah. Really? Go, go ahead. I mean, just imagine. <laughs> I mean, is there any question as to why Paul Ryan is not running for speak? Is like is resigning? It's, it's because hard Donald Trump is a terrible human. Oh, He's a hard, monster. It's a hard. It's a hard yeah. environment. I would not say those things, but I would say that it is not a stable. It's not a stable work environment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's some issues. I feel like the governors are fucking up a lot on today's podcast. So this week's crazy shit people <laughs> say is sort of heavy. I apologize. We do sort of rotate from heavy to not heavy. I wouldn't in this say segment. that it was all the fuckers in the South, but it's not. It was Missouri too. It That's was not Missouri, which some people consider the South. Have you been to St. Louis? It's not the South. I have. So there's a lot happening with the teachers right now. The teachers in West Virginia went on strike like a month ago and killed it. I mean, they were on strike for forever and forced the legislature to pass a vote for teacher pay raise, which I don't really need to talk about whether or not we want to pay teachers more, although I would be surprised if Tracy didn't agree with me on that. But We should um, pay Congress less and pay <laughs> teachers more. For, for sure. So then um, this past week, Oklahoma teachers went on strike. Today, Colorado teachers went on strike. And Kentucky teachers went on strike. The current governor of Kentucky is a dude named Matt Bevin. He's Republican, obviously. Once again, I almost always catch these things when there are apologies issued as opposed to the egregious behavior happening just like last week with Tony Robbins or whatever. But the governor of Kentucky issued an apology because he said, and I quote, I guarantee you somewhere in Kentucky today, a child was sexually assaulted that was left at home because there was nobody there to watch them because the teachers went on strike. What the fuck? <laughs> so if your kids are at home, they're going to be sexually assaulted. And by whom? Would just, they like, just people like, walking through front doors, just being like, any kids here? It's illogical. And on top of being it completely is beyond illogical. It is a very not Republican thing to say. Yeah. And he's, he told that to reporters after teachers swarmed the Capitol by thousands over a battle to raise their funding, the education funding. So his apology was also kind of bullshit. So I struggle with why <laughs> any Republican would be anti-teacher. I mean, even as a whole, like I struggle with why they would not have understood why A lot of the ways the that were, people are suggesting to pay the teachers more are by increasing some kind of tax in the state, sales tax, property tax, income tax. And generally speaking, Republicans stick really close to an anti-tax platform. Totally, totally. Yeah. But there are plenty of so other ways So that's just like black pull, and white, you right. know? Yeah. And if government was more efficient, they could take more money out of the shit Other that's places, not being as yeah. efficient and give it to teachers. I mean, I think I agree with you there. Yeah. For instance, the teachers are in strike in Oklahoma right now. Kids in Oklahoma go to school four days a week because they can't afford to send them down the fifth day, which is like nobody works four days a week. You work five days a week. Loudoun so County, crazy. the richest county in the country, can't do full day kindergarten because they can't afford it. Afford it. And yeah, 
which is sort of crazy. Which yeah. is insane. So, I mean, that just speaks to engagement in the democratic process. Figure out what you, how you want it all to work and figure out somebody that you think can be your advocate in the state legislature and the U.S. Capitol, whatever it is, to fight for you. But his apology, Governor Bevan's apology, was the words that people say can have unintended consequences. I apologize for those who have been hurt by the things that were said. It was not my intent. Can't they just come out and be like, right. I said something really fucking stupid. It goes stupid. back to all those early podcasts where the apologies for the sexual assault. Right. It's like, I'm just, dumb. Just say, I made a mistake. I like, just said something That stupid. apology is putting it on the parents, the listeners that were like, fuck you. That is a terrible thing to say. And why is it a weakness to be reflective or humble or yeah why is it a weakness i mean i freaking apologize like every other week for shit that i say on the podcast more than men i think i would say women we do yeah we absolutely do and and in fact it's tracy's stance that women need to apologize less stop fucking saying you're sorry i agree i do and i do it all the fucking time somebody actually said something to me the other day they're like would you stop apologizing and like i know but i'm late and your time's important and they're like fuck it your time's important i don't care it's fine and it was actually a guy yeah I'm like, you know what? You're right. Fuck it. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I, I was dragging yes. my kids to somewhere or something yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yes, women should not. Ap- I mean, if you inherently did something wrong that impacted somebody else, then yeah, sorry. Yeah. What happened? But we shouldn't be so quick to about take it. fault, to take the blame. We are always quick to take yeah. fault. We're yeah. quick to take fault and quick to not take credit. You want to know what the fucked up thing about that for me is? It's because for me, the opposite of apologizing is having some words about where the fault lies. And that feels like such a lift. It's just easier to say, it's my fault. Sorry. I got it. Yeah. We're done. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Except that slowly over time cuts down your credibility in a way that's very hard to come back right. to is what I've learned. You don't like confrontation. I hate it. I've had the lovely privilege to be invited to talk to people younger than me a lot lately, which makes me feel great that I've made it to some sort of place where I get to go in and be some sort of voice of expertise. Um, it helps my confidence problem. But I find it offers this chance to reflect on, like, what was my last 10 years like, you know? And some mistakes are hard to come back from, like avoiding confrontation at all costs. And the answer to that is taking the blame and apologizing because you all of a sudden become the person who is the least likely to stand up for their own ideas and convictions. And so nobody asks you to. But I feel like you always do stand up. I do now. It's just I spent so much time appeasing and making scenarios good for everybody, being a consensus builder, being a moderator, mediator kind of type, that when the time comes for you to be the person that's standing up and talking about what's best strategically or decision in a decision-making capacity, it's like round peg square hole. Yeah. And it feels like, and my advice to all these people have been, all these young people, is there are some things that are easier to figure out now than trying to, like, compensate for them 10 years from now, and that's building networks and asking for favors and being the kind of person that doesn't just say, let's just do whatever the thing is that's easiest, because whatever the thing is that easiest is not helping you. That's for sure. Yesterday, I turned 36 years old. Woohoo, closer to 40 than 30. So that makes me established. That's what I think. You're almost as old as me. (laughs) And I think that, that the ground one makes up after a decade of doing it the easy way is a lot. It feels like there's a lot of ground to make up. Yeah. Of which, you, you know, I'm a runner. I can figure that out, yeah. but it's just a funny thing. So I feel like I spent a significant portion of my career telling people to fuck off. 
Which is not necessarily a good... Uh, if I was sitting down with a group of young women, I, I would probably not say mm-hmm. your best course of action for your career is to tell anyone that says anything to you that you don't like to fuck off. Um, but and it I, worked for you. But I feel like I spent... For me, I mean, it was more about a defense mechanism because I, contrary to what most people would probably believe, lack some confidence in certain areas. And so yeah. my defense was just to be... A bitch, because I I didn't really know any other way to you know you Do say it. something you say something that I feel might be hurtful or degrading to me. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Instead of confronting it and being like, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's most certainly not true. And we've talked about this before. In my in my space, if you're that kind of person, you get put in that pile. The fuck and off. And then pile. you're in that pile. Yeah, you're in the she's a bitch pile. If you end up in the she's a bitch pile. You remain the entirety of your career in the she's a bitch pile. Uh, Do you think that people, everybody thinks I'm a bitch? No, I think, in fact, nobody thinks you're a bitch. Oh. I think people think you're bold. But the thing about the bitch pile in my world is the bitch pile is not a playful pile. See, that's where I think Democrats and Republicans are You're bitchy in your playfulness or playful in your bitchiness, which is probably more accurate. So you don't, you think it's hard to be both? Yeah, for Democrats, I mean, you have to be one of the other. I think I'm a playful bitch. I think I can call people out, I don't but think it's right after anything about you that is a bitch. <laughs> That's kind. I think I've created boundaries for myself in the world, but I think I everyone knows me as a girl that can roll with whatever's going on. You know, yeah. And well, because in politics, you have to be that or woman. Or you're in the bitch or pile, the, or you're well, or you're nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're in the there's a lot of hardcore hard ass ladies that make a place, but like they don't have the fun. Or the potential for fun because you've been deemed a different space. And I I do think women are requested by our society to find their box and open the door and get into it. You know, you don't get to sort of – you don't get to straddle a bunch of different identities. I think you get to be an identity. Really? Something something that somebody can describe you as. So I I feel like – Kelly is fill in the blank. Tracy is fill in the blank. I feel like I've straddled a bunch of identities. Over my career. Yeah. I mean, we have talked about how your job is just slightly different than my job in a way that allows you to run in different circles. You know, my circle is pretty defined. Right. Yeah. So we talk about things in here that are big national issues. And today we're going to talk about something that is a super small town thing and it's super fucked up in uh, New Hampshire, in Durham, New Hampshire. The Oyster River Youth Association has a little league a little league, a baseball league. I can't believe this is even a story, by the way. I cannot believe this even happened. And apparently, and I'm synopsizing, there's a league that is all boys except for one little girl. And it seems like she's quite good at baseball. This sounds like the she little giant. She made the team. It's a thing, you know? She, football. Oh, yeah. That was such a good movie. It's like so old. It was so good. Well, very old. We're not um, old. Such a good movie. And Little giants. And there is some douche hat coaches that just feel like maybe a little girl shouldn't be on the team with the little boys. They want to get rid of Icebox. They want to get her name. (laughs) My God, your memory is killing me right now. (laughs) Um, And they concocted a terrible, terrible, evil, 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 terrible, terrible, terrible plan to just hurt her. To like in the midst of a game. Throw throw balls at her head. head To intimidate her out of, and it is 2018, people. And P.S., all you fucking parents, all you coaches, these children are not going to the the major league baseball. Right. These these children are throwing some fucking on a Saturday in New Hampshire. Then they're just going to go get jobs in behind a cuticle like the rest, not cuticle. Cubicle <laughs> next to, next to all the other motherfuckers. These are not future, CEOs. Like, future stars. They might be CEOs, but they're most certainly not going to be Chris Bryant. Right. So so then, like, 
Do you even know who Chris Barn is? Oh, no. He's a baseball player. It's all right. Yeah, I don't He really plays care. for the Cubs. Yeah. He's um, awesome and tall and Yeah, handsome. so then, like, it was taken to the board, and the board said they would immediately address the incident. But also, like, it's not, they, like, it's not my place to say anything. The effort, but there's just, like, a lot of back and there's, like, a lot of wavering on so, the intensity of that terribleness. So the struggle with this, though, like, you can't just cancel the whole Little League. You can't hurt the other kids that were part of it because— just got to fire the fuck out of those coaches. You just got to fire. And, and my guess is, though, that They're the coaches volunteer. were probably volunteer. Yeah. So it's just shitty. It sucks. But they should just be ridiculed yeah. and humiliated in their hometown. It's hard to define what needs to be happened. And, like, the family of the little girl, they're just going to stick with it. She likes to play baseball. So I think that for all you parents with little people, we've talked about this before in here. Kids are made better by having the space to explore whatever interests them, regardless of gender-defined expectations. That if you have a little girl that wants to play baseball or a little boy that wants to, I don't know, make pottery or bracelets or whatever we think is a girl thing— Let them be little humans. Don't let your own bias fuck up our kids' potential to not be bound by gender definements. I agree. (sighs) Look at that. Look at that. special. So my six-year-old this week, we were talking about what kind of cars they want when they can drive. Oh, yeah. And my the oldest was like, I think I want to get a convertible. (laughs) Like, okay, whatever. The six-year-old. sister. The six-year-old's like, I'm going to drive a Jeep. (laughs) Like... I do love that little Charlie. That's awesome. She's she's going to be a badass. I mean, they're both going to be badasses. Yeah. But Charlie's going to be the badass that gives zero fucks about anything <laughs> and doesn't care. Anyway. If she ever needs a Democratic auntie, just send her my way. When she decides she wants to cast her first ballot for a female president, I feel like she's she probably going to gonna be. Uh, <laughs> she's probably going to be a uh, probably going to be a Democrat. Yeah. Although um, she likes Trump, she thinks he's a good president. She's sick. Yeah. She want to have a sleepover at my house. <laughs> that would she be awesome. She should sleep over my house. They do. They've been asking about your boys. <gasps> be funny. Uh, they've been asking about And then she'd be like, Mommy, I heard Miss Kelly just talking about how bad he is, and I've decided he's not a good president anymore. So we are coming to the end of this podcast, and I just feel so excited that we get to end it with, with just advertising the beginning of the Make America Horny Again tour. <laughs> Starring because our Stormy favorite, Daniels. Stormy Daniels. And she admittedly doesn't care for the name, but she's excited for the tour. I can't wait if she comes to D.C. we got to go see her. <laughs> when is that? Do we have a date on it's the— It's not yet. The, it's, no, but it is the Make America Horny tour again, which I would proudly wear a trucker hat in the red with the right font. You know, there's been, like, a lot of iterations of the Make Whatever, whatever I had a Make again. America, you know, like make, make America make Gay again, again. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. But Make America Horn again. She says, and I quote on her from her appearance on The View, I'm dancing more, I'm making more money, but I'm spending more money, and good for her. But I think she means on her legal fees and her security guards for her daughter and stuff. You know, like, it's not easy to put herself out there the way she has. And, right. you know, and if anyone, I mean, also her stylist. Did you see her? She looked fucking fierce on The View. She looks amazing. She always looks amazing. She's a very attractive woman. And she's worked very hard the last 10 years or so to be really known as a female director. Do we know how old she is? No. Anywhere between 32 and 62. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like when medical science helps... Remember, no remember we talked about how Barbara Bush sort of just let aging happen? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Stormy's just on she's the other not. side of that spectrum. Yeah. yeah. But we're having a hard time here, so let's make America horny again. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll keep you guys posted on the – we'll have to have a fangirl moment when she comes to Well, town. we have to go see her when, yeah. when she comes here, so we'll do that. All anyway, right. thanks so much for listening today. We had lots of fun. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. I'll see you next week. Bye.